0: He's referred to as the man in the back of the room and introduced as the voice of God. He's told U.S. presidents where to sit, given Tony and Grammy award-winning celebrities direction, and lectured scabs of students. But as he likes to point out, the event entertainment expert you don't know, you don't know, Anthony Bellata and bellotta
1: and welcome to another episode of Bollotified, the one and only podcast about event, entertainment, and engagement. I'm Anthony Bollotta, your host. I'm here every week as I am with the one and only Alex Iposilidis. Hola, Alex. Hola. Que tal?
0: Uh, As my godfather would say, if I were any better, I'd be illegal.
1: Oh, it's sort of like coffee is so good. It ought to be a sin. Yes. Mm -hmm. I agree. If you were any better, you would be illegal. (laughs) Maybe
0: that's what I need. Maybe I need to be a little illegal.
1: Maybe you do. (laughs) Just do me one favor. Not on my time.
0: Not on your time. I promise. (laughs) I
1: promise. I can't even imagine you being illegal. I mean, that would be a, that would be definitely a step outside of your comfort zone.
0: I am such a rule follower
1: mm-hmm.
0: unless, I mean, I am a rule follower unless it's just really ridiculous. And then I'm like, you know, that's even too much for me. If it's too, the, I used to
1: oh, go ahead. The, you mean the rule is yeah. So ridiculous.
0: Okay. Yeah. I used to tell my daughter cause she was always like that. She's gotten a little more like her dad now, but she, I used to tell her if mom is willing to break the rule, you know, it's okay.
1: That's true. That's yeah. true. So I was just having a discussion with D'Angelo the other day about a friend of mine who is also a rule follower who got a new job. Uh, Actually, her new job is with a construction company that's tearing down Pernicanos and Casa de Buffy finally and putting up a mixed-use building. But nonetheless, she's in a new environment, new job, and her job mates are very chill uh, construction guys, and she's having a hard time loosening up. And I said, my love, you need to loosen up or you're going to, you're going to rule, follow yourself right out of a job. Yes. It's about yeah. culture, right. And fitting right. in, making sure that you're, uh, you are, uh, working in tandem with whatever that culture is, as long as it's not illegal.
0: As long as it's not illegal <laughs> or immoral.
1: Ask- right.
0: Well, especially immoral. I think right. the moral. Um, clause outweighs the legal clause, maybe not according to the courts, but according to me.
1: I totally agree, because everything that is legal is not necessarily morally correct., yeah. yes. And yeah, if we that's...
0: all just followed our moral compass a little bit better,
1: what a wonderful well, world this would be. And if you don't have one, go out and buy one. <laughs> yeah, they're they're cheap. You can get if I get to, yeah, get to practically free. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's very funny. Cause I'm taking this course and I'm ready to start as we've talked about my level two certification. And I told my teacher, I said, well, as soon as I finish my 12 sessions. And she looked at me, I said, no, I've only got so many. And I know I need to get 12 before I can go on to the level two training. She goes, Alex, knock it off. You don't need 12. <laughs> I said, no, no, you clearly define that. She said, but I'm the teacher and I'm telling you, you don't need to do it. You've been doing it for 20 years. I know, you know, let's move on. Like, okay. So I'm really quickly, don't laugh at me, but you will trying to get in as many as close to 12 before I actually start on Saturday.
1: No, I hear it. I can totally, totally understand that. You just want to check those boxes. It's, it's, a list those thing. that's right. it's a list
0: thing. I can't cross off the list if it's not done. That's I'll right. have in eight. So I'll have two thirds.
1: Okay. That's great. Yeah. And what's the expectation? Zero. So you are well ahead well, of the game. Yeah, I'm very well.
0: I mean, I think not quite zero, but uh, I think I'm one of the few students that actually is took that seriously, even though because she didn't sort of, certif- she was not my level one certification. That was a long time ago and she's like don't even worry about it i don't need to see your certificate she held my hands and goes nope you're good you're i trust you you're telling the truth
1: oh that's all we have to do is hold your hands to know i would never even even assume you weren't telling the truth that's how credible you are as a person
0: well thank you but that was the first time she met me that was literally 5 minutes after she met me and it was an it's an energy thing so she she said no nope, your energy's good you're fine.
1: Yeah, it is very good. You have very, very good energy. If you oh. could sell that energy. Hey, wait, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Wait, <laughs>
0: let's go into business together, Mr. Bellotta.
1: We will squeeze it out of you and bottle <laughs> it up.
0: <laughs> it's not a bad idea.
1: No, not at all. Where do we start with your toes or with your hair?
0: Well, not my hair. Cause um, you know, That's a precious commodity these days.
1: Yeah. Is it falling out? It doesn't look like it is.
0: Mm. It's not, you know, I used to have so much hair. I used to have so much hair. If I, back in the day when one got a perm, you know, back, it took her four hours to do a perm for me.
1: Wow. I'd love to see a picture of that.
0: Oh, I will send one to you. I have one where my
1: hair is like this. It was literally like out to here. It was. Wow. I would love, I would gorgeous. I'd love to see that now, you know, that I also had a permanent done. Um, you may remember that, uh, there's a very famous picture. My graduation picture yes, from high school. So here's the story behind that perm. Okay. I was no, it's just awful. Like of all of all the times in your life to get a perm. Don't do it just before your graduation photo is snapped. Cause it will live with you forever. But there is a story. See, I was in a production of Pippin in high school, and I was cavorting around. And we had in the choral room where, where we were rehearsing, we had uh this sort of three-step unit. It was just like a fake step unit. You could go up three steps and then it led to nowhere. Well, I jumped on that three-step unit and leapt into the air and boom, hit my forehead on an on an on a an overhang and fell backwards and had like 16 stitches in my head. It was awful. But the stitches were like right here see my hairline used to be much lower but it was still like right below my hairline i thought oh i'll just get a perm and that will conceal it <laughs> it sure did nobody's looking at the damn scar because the perm is ridiculous
0: it i you know i i have to be um very truthful in this um for those of you that know anthony and have seen them you can attest to this and for those of you out there listening that haven't he's a very handsome man and rarely if ever takes a bad picture except that one
1: (laughs) it's so bad that was the best of the bunch (laughs) Yeah, it's still funny. I still take a ribbing for it. Very funny, but you know, it's uh, my parents will be married seventy years uh, on Thursday, yes. right? So <laughs> I decided to put together, you know, a video show for them with photos from whatever I could find, and I have found some really great photos. And one of them is my mother. It must have been in the eighties, and she has a perm, and she just looks like a cotton top. You know, it just doesn't work.
0: Well, look, my very first perm was before I met the woman who has was who still cutting and coloring my hair. Um, I was 18, because 18, I met Barbara when I was 19. And I went to one of those really, you know, super cut type places. And it was so tight. I literally, I did look like a poodle. When I came home, it was about six weeks of enduring my one brother barking at me every time he saw me. So, you know, it was bad. It really was bad. Then when Barbara, you know, they were loose and wavy and pretty, but and it was uh, pretty,
1: right. But and that that pretty. first those tight, 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 tight curls. Right.
0: That one I have to say never really because my I used to have so much hair and it would hold on to curls that people would say, Oh, you got to get your hair re-permed every three to six months. I it literally every 18 to 24 months, that's how long it would hold on to it. Wow. So that first one was not good. But when Barbara took over, they were done right. But it, it I'll find a picture someday and show that to you if I can. There may not be. I may not have evidence of that.
1: That's why you're still seeing Barbara. Yes. Yes, they ought to name a star for Barbara uh <laughs> <laughs> well, I threatened her she's not allowed to retire because she's
0: she's family anyway yeah,
1: so you know as I was going through these photos trying to find a way to you know honor my folks seventy years of marriage, I did come across one of my mother in a bikini, which is kind of amazing and I was and I was definitely in either junior high or or elementary school at the time that this picture was taken because it's in color. So definitely I was born in on the scene. Uh, I don't remember her having a bikini ever, but she, in this picture, of course she's, we're from, you know, North Miami beach. So she's sitting in a lounge chair on the front lawn in her bikini and in her hair, she has a curler, the one curler that was just so popular at the time. We used to laugh because when my mother would take school, you know the whole joke about, you know, you want your parents to drop you off the block before because you don't want to be seen with them. I didn't even want my mother to drive me to school because if she saw a bottle or a can on the side of the road with her eagle eye, which she had, and at the time I think they were worth maybe a nickel, She'd stop the car, pull off the two-lane road onto the grass, and make us run out and go and get the bottle and bring it back. Well, you know who's behind you or in front of you when you're driving to school in the morning? All your friends who are being driven to school in the morning. Oh, Oh my! horrible. Now, was
0: that an environmental or a money thing?
1: Joyce, environmental? (laughs) It was her gambling money. It was her money. It was found money, right? It's the same money. She continues to find I mean, when COVID came around, she didn't have to worry because my mother always walks with her, her gaze pointed down, because she's looking for change. And, and it's no joke, she finds money wherever she goes. Uh, And one Christmas, I went home and I asked her if she could cash a check. And she asked me how much. And I said, Well, you know could you cash 200? Oh sure I'll just get it out of my found money. She had plenty of found money, more than a couple hundred dollars at that point. And uh she's very proud of her found money. It's like her job.
0: It's her thing. You know, you need to write a book on joycisms.
1: I really should write a you book really on You really should. She is a character.
0: Oh my point. gosh, I love your mother so hard. Yeah, she, she just makes me smile. <laughs>
1: She is, she, I'm God, so blessed, so blessed to have her, Uh. Yeah. you know, and she still has great uh, humor and can laugh at herself at the age of 90. And like I've told you before, uh, one time I was home within the last year and she tripped. And, you know, when a 90 year old trips, your heart skips yeah. a beat, right? And she tripped and rolled right back up. I couldn't believe it are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. And then she started laughing. She couldn't stop laughing at herself. That <laughs> is incredible, right? That's Just uh, incredible. Yes, that's incredible. The, the agility. I have yeah. that. Remember that postcard that was really uh, popular for a while, and it was an old thin woman, and she's stretching her leg. So she's got she's standing, and she has one leg up uh, on a wall, and she's leaning into it. And she's like 90. That's my mother.
0: I mean, she's tiny. She's, you know, she's, <clears throat> she's life, not life real foot, tall and point, she's, you know. but she's also tiny, tiny, her, her frame, you know, she's life.
1: Yeah. She's life. And I've got some pictures. So going through this 70 years, two things stood out to me. One was how striking my mother looks when she's standing with poise and posture She's a very informal gal. She's, she rarely does that. And the fact that my father has movie star looks, I never noticed before. But now when I look back, I I think to myself, oh, my, the man could have been in films. I mean, the, the hairline, that swarthy hairline that started like right above his eyebrows, you know, thick, 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 thick hair and that sort of Mediterranean look, you know. It was it's been fun. It's been fun going through them and uh looking at them and uh I hope also... you'll share. Oh, I will for sure. I'll good, put good, I'll put it up on Facebook for sure once good, I good, good. figure out how to maneuver around some of the music. Uh and I'm learning all that on the Adobe Suite, which I hadn't Gotten before I started the master's program at SDSU, and found out that we get the Adobe suite of products free while we're students.
0: Oh, that's nice.
1: Yeah. So last night I was playing in Photoshop, which I had never used before. I'm the the little movie I made for Dangelo was made in Premiere Rush. So I'm just you know taking the time to learn some of these new programs because but you know you
0: have so much time. I
1: you know so much time. I have more time than I used to have, I I have to say, because I have you and D'Angelo and Sam and the incredible trio and Sandra um, Sandra. and Sandra helping us to stay afloat and do our thing and stay in business.
0: I have to tell you, I don't know where we would be without Sandra. That woman is so on top of everything and how she kept December straight for everybody, for all of us. I'm in awe of her. Mm -hmm.
1: She's a great lady. She's uh, having some treatments this week uh, for a little spot of cancer that they found back in November. But thank God it's treatable. It's only a little spot and she's going to stay with us. And, you know, she's going to retire soon. It's going to happen. I know. I'm hoping hoping that we're the one client she stays with because the thought of having to do that all over again is just, it's petrifying.
0: I would miss her so much because I, her and Alan, I just, I, I absolutely have fallen in love with them. The two of them, he's the sweetest man ever. What an amazing husband. And the two of them are cute Mm -hmm. and just, they, they're very, they're very kind because especially with the divorce, she's always saying, and Alan says, if you need anything, you call us, you need something fixed, you call us. And, you know, Sandra goes, I think of you and I don't know how you're doing what you're doing. So she always, she always has a little eagle eye out looking out for me, making sure that I did this correctly so that it works in my favor and that I did that correctly. And, you know, and it's not in a questioning way. It's in a, I want to make sure you're taken care of way. And it, it's, it touches my heart. It's very, very lovely.
1: I had no idea about that. Thank you for sharing that. So for those of you who don't know Sandra, uh, you probably haven't been paid by Bellotta because if you had, you'd know Sandra. you know Sandra. Uh, She takes care of all of our finances. She does. uh, She joined us, I want to say it was back in 2008, uh, after Nancy Zeider moved back to the East Coast, Alan's sister, she was doing our books. Uh, oh, she helped me to incorporate and to, uh, d- complete, uh, a, an employee manual set up the simple IRA. You know, she helped me do a lot of that stuff. And then I didn't want to see her leave, uh, because I'm oh, a goodness, you know, she, Nancy, she puts us to shame and we're type a, you know, cross those T's, dot those I's, and she's just incredible. So, you know, I knew Sandra and thankfully she took it over, but I wouldn't know where to turn now. Uh, And there is so much, there's so much when you own a business that you don't think about Mm -hmm. that has to be done, you know, and there were many, many, many times when I'd be in the middle of a project or a proposal, and I'd get a notice that something needed to be filled out and sent and notarized. I think, oh my God, you know, how I have no time for this. Thank God I had somebody like Sandra who could handle all that stuff and make sure we get paid every two weeks because that's always a nice thing. And also somebody I can bounce ideas off of and, you know, will always help me. She's been just so incredibly, incredibly uh, um, helpful. I, I wouldn't be here without her.
0: I have to share this with you. She did this was a couple of months back. And I had in a matter of two or three days, I had three or four friends coming, needing emotional support and help and advice. And I myself was having a bit of a trying time, but I wasn't sharing that with anybody. And she just intuitively looked up at me and she heard me on the phone with one of my friends. And she said, and who's looking out after you? Who do you go to? Literally, I started bawling and I had to run to the restroom. Oh,
1: (laughs) thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Because Alex is a caregiver. Mm -hmm. So, not to stop the conversation and take the focus off of you, but I mean, like, (laughs) come on. I know, you know, you deserve focus every now and then, right? Just like the rest. we have a guest we do we have a guest uh and somebody i've never met and i'm looking forward to meeting him today but you and Dangelo know who we have and so Mm -hmm. let's tell the world
0: Well, he is an incredible ball of energy. I met him the first time I met him was at BESA this last year, and I've spoken with him many times, but wow, what a great guy. He's been entertaining for over like the last 15 years, and um, this is really cute. As he likes to say, I know I look young. I stay hydrated, which... (laughs) That's, that's, that's this guy. And he takes absolute enjoyment for delivering high energy, interactive shows. He loves getting to know the clients in the months preceding each event. He takes it very, very personally. So please, without further ado, let's welcome the owner of Benjamin Asher Productions. Benjamin, aka Benji Asher.
1: Hi, Benji. It's nice to have you on the show. What's it all about, Benji? Benji. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, if I knew
2: the answer, I think uh, I think I'd don't, be
1: made. Don't say you wouldn't be here.
2: No, no. If I knew the answer, I'd be sharing it with the world. You kidding? Mm-hmm.
1: You're See? so good. You're so good, and I and I don't even know you really, but I've heard so much about you from Dangelo and Alex, and I know that we uh, we have worked with you. Yeah, yeah. I've been able to do a few events
2: with you guys over the last few years. Now that things are picking up too. Um, So it's a lot of
1: fun. And you actually, you're right. You're right. You're in the right place for uh, events to come back because you have a segment of your business that's social. And, you know, here at Pilata, we don't eschew the social business because we know that there are times when it's really, 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 really important to have it. And this is one of them. So is your calendar filling up?
2: Yeah, not only is it filling up, it's it's filling up like with there's no bad time to have an event anymore. It's like Tuesday afternoon. Let's do it. You know, like love it. Thursday morning, go right ahead, which is awesome. You know, and more so, I think what's, uh, I don't know, endearing about this whole saga is that people are like so excited like genuinely just excited to be having events with their loved ones um and sort of i don't know maybe just you know like recalibrating right like what's it about what what's throwing a party about it's about celebrating with the closest ones to you and that's what matters
1: mm. and and a, to second on that the expectation has diminished right so people don't at this moment at least in time aren't going to events expecting to be thrilled or lavished or uh with any expectation really it's they're just going because (laughs) they want to be out of the house
2: (laughs) great yeah it's like hey i get to see people other than (laughs) you know my mailman and it's and so it's you know the fact that we can even go to stuff is just you know, so, so exciting by itself that anything above that is like, wow, I had the best time ever, which is, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. Just just means I have to do a whole lot less. I just got to show up and people are happy already.
1: Yes. But don't get too used to that because you know how people are, they forget so easily. So in a year or two, once business is back, all of those expectations will come back tenfold.
2: Right. Yeah. So in one year from now, I'm going to be trying extra hard again
1: but not until then right
2: but not until then i just dial it in yeah just
1: dial it in that's just, the way
0: i have to tell you having worked on site with benji it's uh, it's amazing how precise and on top of everything he is and he's so incredibly chill on site oh. Like, You're so well, I, no, but I seriously, when we did that big event for D'Angelo and D'Angelo couldn't actually be there because he was out of town and we had to change a lot of things up at the last minute and it was great. Everybody, we all made it happen. There was no stress around it, but I just would walk up to Benji. Hey, can we do this? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just, yeah, no problem. Yeah, Like no yeah. having to think about it. No. Well, you know, it was just, yeah, I'll make it happen. Literally and walk away. It's like, okay, well, cool.
2: So first off, thank you. That's very sweet of you. But secondly, I got to say, I was, I don't think I ever said this to you, but I was so amazed. So the event was, we're talking, we're talking about the, uh, uh, that company party where you guys were all in Mm -hmm. your fifties. Yeah. So like, it was so amazing. So when I do stuff, like when I'm on the mic, I'm just me. Do you know what I mean? I don't really think about it. I just, I, I, me, and I say what's on my mind, and that's that's my shtick. That's what I do, right? So for me, it was so incredible watching you and your team walk out there, in an instant, be in character, do the whole thing amaze everybody around you and then walk into the back room and then it's like all right and uh break everyone we're back on in an hour or something like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. how you get into character in an instant was so just incredible it's, uh, it was
0: thank you no it was amazing thank you that's very it, sweet of you to say i appreciate that
1: it's the theatrical training yes. benji it comes in handy
0: I'll, I'll sure. tell you, it's
2: a whole nother level. The stuff you mm-hmm. guys do is just a whole
1: nother level. Really, it is. Thank you. Well, We'll be doing more together with you, that's for sure. Yeah, well, very cool. So um, tell me about these parties in the middle of the afternoon. Are you really, <laughs> uh, they're just <laughs> intriguing me. I, I think it's fantastic. You mentioned it and my mind you know, started spinning. Uh, the element of surprise, first of all, it must be incredible when people walk into a room and there's a party happening that early, or it could be. It's a great ploy, actually, to raise morale. And what was the circumstance under this party? You know, so I think it's a couple things. Like, I'm in
2: sort of that unique position where, or I should say the families are in that unique position, where in a lot of cases, we're still playing catch up, you know, there's still so many families who have postponed their son's bar bat mitzvah. And, you know, it's still happening. But now they're competing with the next batch, you know, like the next group who have have all gotten their dates. And so in so many cases, it's when is the venue available? When can the temple give me this or that, you know, and so, again, people are just making it work. And I will say, um, you know, in a lot of cases, people are hesitant for the daytime parties, what, you know, ma- no matter what day of the week it is, even on the weekend. But, you know, with the right people in place, you know, your guests are going to enjoy any time that they're together partying. So who cares, you know, who cares if it's a Thursday morning versus a Saturday night, it's just making sure we create that, you know, opportunity for people to really get together and party. And so, so yeah, in those cases, it's just, you know, the, the one I have in mind, especially, um, it was just what was available and when will people come and let's do it
1: you just you bring up another interesting point in explaining what you just did and that is the fact that uh, you know in the bar and bar mitzvah world particularly the clock doesn't stop and uh, all of those people who had to postpone their dates weren't just going to do it the next year because as you said there were already people that were locked in when you're planning that kind of an event you're doing so usually a year to two years out minimum right people start planning so that's a different phenomenon for those of us that are in the social business, as opposed to the corporate business, or the association business, wherein you just cancel. And yeah. next year, you start <laughs> up again, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's just a whole, whole different thing. It's just like a, the spinning wheel. And it just, you know, it, although we pause for so long, you know, in the background, the wheel was still going because people were still just always planning in the background, figuring out, you know, my parties, yeah, a couple of years from now. So what does the world look like? And, and then having the sort of attitude that, you know, I try to have, as Alex mentioned with anything I do, but it's like, Hey, you can't do it this day. Okay, let's do it another day. You know, you can't do it indoors. Okay, let's do it outdoors. Like, there's always a solution, or I should say, I haven't, come to uh, i haven't come across anything that i haven't uh, found a solution to yet so so that's you know how i try to approach it and, and how a lot of families have to now
1: have you always been a half glass full person
2: yeah i think so i think one day i'll probably sit down with a therapist and they'll you know dive way deep into it and figure out what's wrong but I swear to you, this is a true story. I'm going to tell you something and you're going to say, no way. But this is true. About, I don't know, six months ago, maybe. I don't know. I'm, I'm making up a time frame, but it was definitely less than a year and it wasn't yesterday. I had to practice how to frown. I just, I didn't know, you know, I couldn't remember how to make the facial expression of what a frown was. I couldn't, my, my, my just lips wouldn't do what they were supposed to do. I I googled a picture of a frown so I could mimic it, and and it was. I don't remember the context. This is just, I guess, what I do to keep myself entertained. But I just I just choose to be a a half glass full kind of guy. I think
0: I believe that one hundred percent. I wouldn't doubt that for a nanosecond. <laughs> Not at all, because again, you just, that's just it. And that's why I think working with you is so great because it's just like, it very much is just a, let's make it happen.
1: Mm-hmm. Let's make it happen. There is a kind of confidence that comes along with that. That's incredibly refreshing mm-hmm. uh, and professionalism. And, you know, that's sort of how we look at talent. You know, the more flexible you can be within that talent the The more professional you can be and the easier you are to work with. And that, that sometimes is just thinking the glass is half full. And sometimes it's all about training and, you know, having all of that behind you. But it's really, it's amazing how different an experience can be just in the way that you look at it. And just when you're working with somebody who says, oh, sure, that's no problem. We can switch gears instead of making a federal case out of it.
0: Well, and I think that, you know, because Anthony, I know you and I have, we were in a situation where we worked with somebody that every question asked, well, no, we can't do that. Why not? And we would come up with a solution. Well, I don't think we can make that happen. And I think some people view that as a way of standing in authority. Mm -hmm. You know, if they're too yes or too flexible, then somehow I think some people view that as being somehow weak, which is absolutely not the case. Absolutely. Yeah,
2: I think, you know, I think you're 100% mm-hmm. right. I and, and I can, not to say there is a face to this, but I can picture the exact person that you're talking about, you know, the one who just wants to say no, because, you know, they need to make that final call. But, you know, especially in the world we're in, you know, in special events, you know, I know it's such an obvious statement to make, but it, like it's a team sport, right? Like the behind the scenes is, is is to make sure that everything goes off without a hitch. It's like all hands on deck. And so, you know, if there are 50 heads all working together, I mean, that's, that's an incredible thing. And, and I, I know you, I'm sure all of you have been in this situation too, but you know, it's the difference between working with the client who, you know, finishes their event and cannot wait to call you the next day to book next years, right? Because not only did you give them what you told them you were going to, but you made them feel that sense of comfort and relief along the way. You know, it's, it's, there's so many parts to it, but, you know, especially planning parties, as you were saying, Anthony, you know, like two years out, you want to know that whoever is helping and guiding you, when they say, listen, I've got this and you can truly feel like they mean it. I mean, that's refreshing. Mm -hmm. Like how nice is that to just cross it off the list and say, hey, listen, the entertainment or whatever the case may be for my special event is in good hands and I don't even have to worry about it. That's amazing.
1: Yes, and I, I think that you do something that we do as well. You just said it, working as a team, you don't go in thinking, okay, we're providing the entertainment in a silo. Or we're providing the entertainment and that's the most important part of this evening. So whatever we want goes and we don't worry about what the other stakeholders need. That's certainly not the way to build a successful event. And I hear that in your voice already, that you understand that and that you're part of the team. And so as a client, you get that a, an, an additional uh, comfort in knowing that not only does Benji know what he's doing with the music, but... I can trust that he's going to confer with the caterer and with the decor company and everybody's going to be on the same page. I could not. And I mean, I could not imagine an event the
2: done the opposite way. And I know it's, I know it is done. I mean, I know there are people out there who view it as this is my role. That's your role. Let's stay in our lanes. And there's nothing wrong with being good at what you do, but to just, Be so closed off and and not have the foresight to know that everything in the event is so connected Mm -hmm. is, I mean, I I don't, yeah, don't understand
1: it. Yeah, because at the end of the day, you know, and this is probably why you had changes back in December, but you the schedule that is determined for an event is an outline at best any and every single time yep. unless it really must run on time like when we went to virtual and things really needed to run on time because we were trying to get people's focus virtually but in the live event you you outline it all and then you have to be ready to just go with the flow because mm-hmm. the flow is determined by the the audience or the guests right and so there are a lot of people who don't Get that or can't do that.
2: Yeah, I, you know, and I think about that a lot, honestly, because, you know, going over the timeline and the schedules, you know, almost weekly with with different families or planners and coordinators, you know, for me, it's I guess I'd say I, I wonder if it just it's one of those things that just comes with the experience because you've got to have the confidence to know you know, even though it says on the timeline, this is what we're supposed to do, to look out there and say, but I don't know, I don't think that's the right call, and really have the confidence to say, no, I I know it's not the right call. Let's make that shift. So I don't know if it's, you know, maybe it's both having the confidence, but just also having that personality, you know, knowing that these are live events, and <laughs> these these are how live events go, but you know you'd be amazed at how many people with a packed dance floor just because on the timeline it says let's show the video at 8:30 get on the microphone and say everybody stop go sit down it's time to watch a video and you you look out there and you go wow okay i guess so <laughs> like right. but just but killing the momentum
1: you're thinking party killer.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah that's yeah. what you're thinking. Right.
2: Yeah. And then, and then they watch the video and they go, all right, well, I guess I'll get to dessert and go home now.
0: <laughs> well, and the other thing too, and I think one of the reasons why you're so good at that is you have built up such a trust with the client that they trust you. You know, they trust you that, you know, that uh, they're, you know, they know they're in good hands. So it you can make those, those calls and those changes, because you've built that rapport leading into it because you take those uh you take those relationships so seriously.
2: Yeah, and it is a very humbling feeling to know that they implicitly trust everything I say because they know everything I say is is in their events best interest, but sort of the carte blanche that I get to just rearrange and and you know move this piece here and that piece there and and hold off on dessert and, and push the candle lighting like it's 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 like being a conductor although I am in no way as talented but but being a conductor and, and standing in front of a crowd mm-hmm. and and just saying I know how like I know how to do this and and thank you for trusting me mm-hmm. to do it for you it's it's really amazing that that I get to do that weekly.
1: So you you're a people person. Obviously, but um what what strengths do you rely on when you're performing to give you the confidence to make those kinds of calls? <sighs> I have a theory, so I'm wondering if um if I'm right.
2: Ah, okay. Okay. So what what do I rely on to make those calls? Um you know, I, I, I don't know. I think it, you know, in by nature, and this goes back to, uh, I'll, I'll reiterate that one day, you know, someone will diagnose me and we'll get to the bottom of it. Like I am to a fault a people pleaser. I, I need everyone around me to be as happy as they can be at all times. And that is Always in the back of my head. When I like when I'm at an event, I I don't even have to think about it. It's just always there. Every minute is how can I make this better? Even if everybody's having the best time, it's like, how can we elevate that? You know, and so it's almost like the the changes I make, or or in some cases, you know, things go to plan. That's always great, but but just having that confidence is more so. Sometimes just out of this necessity to always be analyzing the situation to make sure that they are getting the absolute best event possible, and and I really do, and will stop at nothing to make sure that happens.
1: Do you consider yourself an uh, an empathetic person? Yeah, yeah, very. Yeah, I think that's the talent, honestly. <laughs> I do. I think that has a lot to do with your ability to call make calls that, you know, will uh, get a response from an audience, Um, you know, you have to understand the audience and be in tune with them and understand, um, you know, the human element, you know, uh, what people will uh, tolerate what they can't tolerate when the body gets tired, when it has energy, what kinds of things excite people, you know, there, there are uh, many a planner planning events that don't have that same gift, they, they're they just not as in touch with the human element. And empathy is a big part of that. Um, being a people person is a big part of that. Um, putting yourself second is a big part of that. And so those are the things that jump to mind when you when you talk about doing so that I I have to assume that you have in spades.
2: Oh, well, you know what? I lied. I'm not going to therapy. I'm just doing this podcast once a week. <laughs> well, because... I want to
0: thank you for putting such a positive spin on the term people pleaser, because I don't think that's a negative thing. I think when you <laughs> want to make people happy, and the way you described it really truly is what being a people pleaser is. It's not about everybody has to like me. It's no, I want to make you happy.
2: Yeah, I want everybody
0: to be happy.
2: Yeah, it really. And you know, the funny thing is too, or or more so the ironic thing is, I really hate being the center of attention. Like it is not my thing at my wedding. I cringed when people were making speeches and talking about me. Like I, I absolutely hated it. And to be out in front of, you know, 200, 250 people and on the microphone, all eyes on me. It's not anything to do with like, Hey, look at me and listen to me. It's hey, we're here to celebrate, you know, whoever's party it is. Let's have, like, everything is sort of directed to just making sure they have this amazing time. And that's fun. Like, that's the incredible part. When I have everyone's attention for them, so to speak, like, that's cool. So it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's ironic because everyone thinks, you know, he loves to be on the mic and don't get me wrong. I I love what I do, but for, for such different reasons, you know, when, when they have that great time, like that's the payoff.
1: Well, the difference is it's not about you. You Mm -hmm. don't make it about you. You make it about them the way that it should be. And if you approached it with, Hey, here I am. I'm so great. Listen (laughs) to me. Nobody would listen, ironically. (laughs) It's
0: amazing how that works. I listened to a a lecture yesterday, last night, and it was all about energy and the effect our energy has on ourselves, on those around us, and on the world at large. And it was uh, talking about negative energy loops and positive energy loops. And you are just your energy and how you approach events really tied into the beautiful effect on others that that positive energy loop has and the wonderful outcomes that, that come because of it. So you're, it's kind of cool to have, you know, less than 24 hours, those things uh, confirm each other.
2: Yeah, no, it is really cool. And, you know, it's always, it's sort of validating to, or, or sort of reinforcing when, you know, you surround yourself with people like that too. And, and you get that feeling and the idea that, that you can pass that on, you know, like, it's just, it's just such an incredible thing to be around people like that. And and that's the fun that, you know, I know that, you know, you and I and, and we get to do together. And and really just having that collection of vendors with whom you get to f- experience that with is it's, I mean, unforgettable. It's just, it just makes what you do so enjoyable
1: you got your start in the bar mitzvah market? Yep. So, but you do all kinds of events, yes? Correct. So what is it that you learned in the bar and bat mitzvah market that is transferable to these other kinds of events? What what is it that you learned that makes you even better at these other events?
2: Yeah, so I think you touched on it when you said having empathy. And, you know, so in the barbat mitzvah world, um, you know, when, when your son or daughter gets to that age and, and you're planning this for them, essentially this is the, the biggest event thus far in their life. I mean, it's, it's an ordeal, obviously the religious component to it, you know, your, your child is becoming an adult, um, and then planning the, the celebration afterwards, it's a huge undertaking. And as you can imagine, that comes with a lot of stress and anxieties and, and all of that. And so being able to sit down with a family who, in some cases, has no experience with this, you know, this is their first time doing it, they, other than having the date on the books with their temple, they've got nothing, being able to sit down with them, hear, you know, their vision, or in some cases, helping them sort of determine that. um, And then on the other hand, hear what sort of concerns they have, or, or just any sort of questions, and then being able to, to guide them through it in a way that makes them feel again, comfortable, but sort of empowers them like, okay, we've got this, you know, taking that sort of skill set and applying it to any other event, I think has been what, you know, very humbly and and proudly, I would say, has has led to a lot of success um, that I've had. And I've never, what's fun is I've never had to think about it. You know, I've never sat down and said, hey, listen, if I do this, I'll be really successful. I've just, I guess, relied on just who I am to do what I do. And with that has come what has come, which is, you know, any advice I would give to anybody, right? You find something you enjoy doing. And if you're good at it even better and just give it your all, you know, and, and if you do that without worrying about how do I be better than the next guy, or, you know, how do I be more, so, just do it, just do it, enjoy it and do it well. And, and, Good will come from it. And so, again, that skill set has just always sort of been the foundation of every event I do and how I approach every event. And listen, some events, in all honesty, I'm sure you've had them, they don't care. Come set up a speaker system, play some music, and that's all we need. And that's great. That's fantastic. But, you know, as you know, so many people, they want that personal service to know it's this isn't just you know Mr. X showing up. Benji, we're trusting you and I'm saying I've got this for you.
1: Mm. Yeah, it's a very personal uh, endeavor uh, on the bar about mitzvah, wedding scene social scene. you're you're really you you become entrenched in that family's life and it becomes very personal. Uh, as opposed to doing the corporate thing and the association thing where it's it it feels personal. <laughs> but they'll tell you it's not. <laughs> yeah, no, you're
2: you're absolutely. and that's what I enjoy about it so much. And you know, if I had to really pick one thing, it's that I get to really make a connection with these people and and in so many cases it's it's a long lasting, you know, I run into them years later and, it's like we're right back there at their, you know, child's party. And it's, it's, it's fun. You know, I'm, I'm invested in these events personally. And so the connection that we get to keep and, 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 uh, you know, sort of relate back to over time is just really rewarding. So,
1: Go ahead, because I'm uh, going to change the topic. Go ahead.
0: Okay. No. Then I just want to say, you know, I know it, we touched on on empathy being an a talent. What What would you say is your most unique quality? Because you know, as a performer, and Anthony, I know we'll agree with this that we're all unique. We all bring something to the table that nobody else can bring to the table. Does not make us better. It does not make us worse. It just makes us unique. What is your unique
2: quality? <sighs> You know, I think I look like I'm 16 years old still. So when I so when I get up there, these kids go, "Hey, I think I know that guy." Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know what's you, what's unique. Oh, that's a great question. It's 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 rare that I get stumped, Alex. That's a really good question. Um, I don't know. Dependent.
1: It's something. That it's definitely something to ponder definitely
2: it's, it's you know i don't think i this is <laughs> this is going to sound like the most contrived answer to your question so i'll preface with that but i just don't think about myself very much so i don't know like well, I, that right
0: there is your unique quality
1: <laughs> yeah there you go you're not self-centered yeah. boom perfect
2: Bingo. And now I have the best answer ever going
1: forward. <laughs> you, you do also uh, seem to approach things with a bit more levity and energy uh, than I've seen most people or noted most people do. And it's authentic. It's not uh, it's not over the top. It's not put on. There's an authenticity to your energy as well that is very unique. Yeah,
2: well, yeah, thank you. Thank you. I you know I I I really do appreciate that. I remember when I did my first I don't I don't remember if it was a, I, I, well anyhow, my first bar mitzvah, I got on the microphone and I picked it up and I in my best radio voice said, "Hello everybody." And and I did my thing and I and I got back and my sort of mentor in this world said, "You know, Just be yourself, (laughs) like as a way and say like you don't have to like don't pretend don't you know? But I, I didn't know that I thought that's what you do and and it was the greatest thing someone has ever said to me just just be yourself and and I and that's how I've done everything going forward is just I'm myself and listen hopefully you like me and and so far it seems like people do and I'm sure I'm not the right fit for everyone but but yeah I think I think everything in life needs some levity.
1: So let's talk music for a moment. Uh, you have the auspicious uh, 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 job of putting together, curating music lists for people. Do you? Do most clients want to know what you're going to play before you come to an event? And how much? How much do your clients want control over the music?
2: Yeah, so I'd say, you know, I always encourage them, you know, as, as much as possible, I encourage them, especially the, you know, Barbat Mitzvah to put together, you know, a little list of their favorite stuff, you know, give me 10 or 20 that you absolutely love. And I'm like, you know, the human Spotify, I'll take that list and, and I'll fill in the blanks, you know, don't give me 200 songs, which, right. has, which has been done but just give me a few and I'll do the rest. And also, you know, as everyone knows or should know, is equally, if not more important than the, this is what we love is the, this is what we hate. Because if I forget to play a song that someone loves, that's okay. If I play a song they hate though, that will always be remembered. So I stress it. If you don't like something, you gotta let me know. Um, And then they just want, They just want to know that I'm going to be able to play the right stuff in the right way to appeal to their crowd. Because we've got, you know, 10 year olds and we've got 80 year olds. How do we, you know, find that sort of common ground, bridge that gap to really appeal to everyone? And, you know, going back to your question, Alex, I will say, that is maybe one unique uh, trait that I think I've really honed in on, making sure that we give everyone the opportunity to get up and have some fun. Um, you know, I always tell people like if you've got 120 people at your party, 60 kids and 60 adults. You know, if I get 60 kids on the dance floor, that means I've got 60 adults just sitting there doing nothing, and and vice versa. So it's how do we find the right stuff to. A To appease everyone. Um, And that's out of everything, that's a really fun thing to do.
1: Without, without disenfranchising, right? Without (laughs) without saying things like, okay, kids, get off the dance floor. (laughs) Right? right? It's time, it's time to do the
2: twist now.
1: So how has this ever happened to you that uh, you put on a song and somebody runs over to you at the DJ booth and says, I hate that song, don't play it. Take it off right now. And then um, how did you respond? So,
2: so two to th- two, two things. I did a party and this this wasn't my fault. So I did a party a couple weeks ago. And when we were when we were talking about the when we were talking about the sort of playlist and everything, the mom said, you know, there's one song I really don't like. And she said, but I can't remember what it is. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so I was given, I was thinking of all the, you know, most generic songs, you know, it's what, like when someone says, I don't like a song, it's usually a song they've heard at every party they've been to and and they just don't want to hear it at theirs. And that's more than fine. But she couldn't remember the name of the song. I and so it. fast <laughs> forward to the party, here I go playing the song. And she looks at me from across the dance floor and goes, this was the one. This was it. <laughs> but you know what? I, to her credit, everyone around her was loving it and having fun. And so she had fun with it. And, and you know, again, it didn't affect it. And there was one other time, one other time I was doing a wedding. Uh, And this doesn't happen at at the bar about the world as much. You know, I think with weddings, the alcohol is flowing a little bit more. And and I played a song towards the end of the night. And one one person on the dance floor looks at me and yells, do better. And (laughs) it was the funniest thing that I ever heard. So I stopped the music, just stopped it dead quiet in the room. And I got on the microphone and I just said, did you just tell me to do better? And so now she's laughing and she says, yeah, I don't like that song. I want you to do better. And so I I say, oh, so you mean a song like this? And I put on whatever song was next up. And she starts, she's having the time of her life and she's dancing. And, and, you know, it's situations like that, that go one of two ways, right? Mm -hmm. You hear that and you either crumble and you go, listen, you, with two words, do better. You just crushed every ounce of me. This is my, it's like, this is my career that you are just single-handedly telling me I'm terrible at, or you have fun with it. You move on, right? And and you just make you know you add some levity. You have some and and you create that moment now where you hope. For me, it's a fun story I get to tell. But you hope it's a fun story she gets it, right? You hope, or at least I do, that years from now she'll be talking about the wedding where she yelled at the DJ to do better, and then he played. You know what I mean? And then he got, and yeah. then he stopped the music, and he talked to me, and he played. You know, like that's it's fun. And it, it creates those moments, those, those special moments in life that we get so few of that you hope is memorable for people.
0: So here's a side hustle for you, teaching how to deal with um, hecklers. Cause I never in a million years would think a DJ would have hecklers, but apparently you do.
2: Yeah, it's, it's, it's a real thing <laughs> that we, you know, we suffer, we've got a support group for it um it's (laughs) listen i don't want to go into all the details but it causes some pain it's painful yeah yeah
1: it sure is so uh do you find that you're playing very different types of music at corporate events than you are at bar and bar mitzvahs or do you find that people generally like the same thing i think people generally like
2: the same thing you know the different obviously different crowds you know to whom you're trying to appeal obviously like different you know eras generations or or genres of music but generally people like the same stuff i think the biggest difference is how i get to or or i should say what they sort of want from me uh you know uh interactive wise, you know, like when I'm at a bar about mitzvah playing music, I get to have some fun. I get to sing along. I get to put the mic in front of people. You know, I, I get to sort of like really pull out all that shtick with them. And at the corporate, they just want to get out on the dance floor and have some fun. And And there is a level of interactiveness that I can get away with, I would say. But for the most part, you know, it's, get us out on the dance floor and job well done versus, you know, where I think the bar bat mitzvahs are just so vastly different. It's get everyone out on the dance floor, but you know, we need some personality here. You know, like we, right. we want to, sh- we want to show entertain us ex- right and entertain us. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And keep the kids busy and make keep, sure that, yeah. <laughs> so you bring busy. Do you bring a lot of games and, and hoopla when you, we, super- yeah,
2: we we go the whole nine yards. I mean, everything, everything we do is just, uh, you know, as you mentioned earlier, just curated. So every family is different. I want to make sure we're, you know, really giving each and every family a unique experience. And of course, some of the music is the same, because as we just talked about, people mm-hmm. like the same music, but they also like different stuff. Um, and then it's you know what kind of games and contests and different things can we do to to make sure it's it's unique to them. I don't just want it to be a repeat of the last you party. Can, you, can can't, you can't.
1: You yeah. can't. Not not in. That's the other thing about the bar and but mitzvah market. You can't repeat the party. They you know people might like elements and might like you because you did a great job, but they don't want the same party that their neighbor had. They want something different.
2: Yeah, exactly. And it's not about, you know, I always tell people too, it's, it's not about like different is great. And, and to those who want, you know, more go out and get it. But to those who feel like they need to do more than the neighbors, you know, that's, that's misdirected. You don't mm-hmm. need to do more. You just need something different, and and there are lots of ways to do different. And again, there's no there's no right or wrong of you know what kind of party to throw and and the scope of the party, but don't feel the pressure like, oh, we've got to, you know, it's like keeping up with the Steins. We have to go big. No, you don't. You just need to create something unique to your family that is going to resonate with all of your guests. That's all.
0: Have you been able to guide people out of that kind of competitive
2: nature? Yeah, I have. And because in some ways too, you know, there's a Uh, a story I always tell when we go down this kind of road in our, on our planning is I once did an event and we brought, I actually wasn't entertaining. I was just doing some of the different photo elements. So a couple different unique photo booths at the event. And we were, we had two different experiences and we were two out of 10 different vendors that were at the party. So that means there was like a, a, like carnival type experience for these people where they could go to one booth and and get this, you know, airbrushed and go to the next one and get this done. And, and listen, it it was cool. People left with a lot of stuff, but here's what wasn't cool at nine o'clock at night while the bat mitzvah was on the dance floor with her two best friends and, everyone else was at each and every booth, getting stuff done. And she was miserable. And you know what happened? The planner went around to every booth and said, you got to close down, you've got to close down, you've got to close down, you've got to close down, you know, we want to get people out on the dance floor. And so a situation like that can so easily be prevented with one question, what kind of party do you want? You know, Mm -hmm. if someone would have asked her, hey, listen, what kind of party do you want? Do you want your friends out there on the dance floor having fun with you? Or do you want people, you know, getting stuff airbrushed over here and taking photos over there and some people on the dance floor? And there's no right or wrong to that question. But I guarantee you her answer would have been, I want my friends out with me on that dance floor, dancing and singing and having fun. And then the planner or or whomever made those decisions should know to say, all right, well, then you know what? Let's not go crazy overboard on those extras. Let's focus on what we need for the party.
1: Right. And you have to be masterful in the way that you flow people and you get them to do what you want them to do without making them do it. And one of the ways, as you're saying now, is to just not give them too many options because then... You really, more is more, basically. (laughs) You're not getting anything out of it except for that it's more, right? And I remember I tell the story a lot, uh, Benjamin, and it's uh, a planner that I worked with years and years and years ago, and it's about having, I I recommended that he stop the cocktail music 15 minutes before the end of the cocktail reception to signal people to move into the ballroom. And he did not want to do that because he wanted that, group to play the full hour that he had booked them. And so I said, well, you know, you're going to have a hard time getting people to move in. And his response to me was, I'll make them. (laughs) I thought, you are a bad planner. Because if you have to make people do anything, first of all, you can't make people do anything. But if you think you can, you're a bad planner, because that's how people operate. And so you have to be masterful and you have to, and there's a point here. I'd like to ask you what song or what few songs do you play that wherever you are, regardless, you know, people are going to jump up on their feet and come to the dance floor. Bruno
2: Mars, Uptown Funk. It's a great song.
1: I mean, it's a,
2: it's a, just a great song. And And then they're all, oh, sorry, go ahead. It works every time. It, 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 it works. You know why? So it's one of those songs that your 80 year old grandmother will get up on the dance floor and, and, and say, I, I love this. It sounds great. And your 13 year old best friend will know every word to it and get up on the dance floor and have fun with it. And it's a, it's a great song. So other- if you know Bruno Mars, tell him, tell him, I appreciate him putting out that song.
1: Absolutely. And it's clean. It's clean and it's music, clean. and do you have an issue with clean music? I so
2: I will only play clean stuff because I feel like it's a weird position. I've only been put in it a couple times, so I, I it's not this isn't a problem that you know I I have to deal with very often. But I've been to events where you know come nine o'clock at night. You know, mom or dad comes up and says, Hey, it's okay, you can play the you can play the explicit stuff. And I'll say, you yeah, know, I, I I can't, <laughs> you know, like I've got a responsibility here because even though, you know, you're okay with it, you know, which I listen, I'm not judging one way or the other, if you're okay with your son or daughter listening to that music, more than fine. But there are 80 other kids here who are gonna go home and whose parents are gonna come and pick them up and are going to look at me and and think what are you playing for these kids like you know I'm the gatekeeper in that sense mm-hmm. and I I take that role um as very important you know I I I these are listen I know 13 year old kids are in some cases going on 30 these days but but they're not they're 13 you know they're 12 they're 13 and and what would I want my daughters out there listening to at a party and so, so I played the clean stuff no matter what. Um, but also I tell them, you know, when I'm playing the music, whether it's clean or not, and they're singing along, like they don't care. It's, it's not, nobody has ever left a party and said, oh my gosh, that was terrible. Cause I didn't hear swears <laughs> in the songs that the DJ was playing. You know, um, I, I think sometimes it, Sometimes it's sort of a, you know, I don't want to say insecurity, but an anxiety of maybe the 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 kids who think that their friends are gonna, you know, think the party's a lame if we're playing clean stuff and whatever. Right. But again, it doesn't happen very often, and I can I can promise everyone out there, it is never the case.
1: I, I think you make a great point too, in that uh, you're dealing with parents of other children who are entrusting their kids to the couple who's throwing the event, you know, and they don't want their kids to listen to that kind of stuff necessarily. It's an audience much larger than the one in front of you that you have to be careful about. Uh, and it, and, it, and, it's, and it, it's a mark on you, right? It's not a mark so much on the parents who let that music be played. It's a mark on you, the player of that music.
2: Oh, for, for sure. It's like when somebody I mean, it's like when when someone brings their own screen and projector to show a video and it's not working when they try to set it up and all eyes go to me, like, hey, fix it. And I right. go, but I it's not my I didn't do it. It's not my stuff.
1: <laughs> right, right. This
2: is why I told you we should take care of it. But it's it's that idea of, you know, it's like all eyes are on me and and anything to do with the entertainment of the party is sort of It falls on my shoulders in that sense. And so, so yeah, I just, I've always told people like, if there's one thing I just will never do at a party, it's, it's play. I mean, you know, at, at, bar, Barbot myths, obviously there, you know, other events where I'm sure it would be more appropriate, but yeah, I just, uh, I get the clean stuff.
1: Well, you know, and uh, I'm not, I'm, I'm probably a little prudish in this area because I don't really think there's a necessity for, uh, curse words, expletives, and music. uh i I think I've heard one song that I thought, oh, that makes sense. That's why it's that way. but most no
2: no, no, I obviously need to know what the song was.
1: Well, it's it's <laughs> uh, the song is by uh Emily Estefan, and she sang it at an event we were producing. and it's called "Fu." And when I saw the song listed on her set list, of course, my immediate thought was, no way is she going to sing this song. (laughs) It was a Latin group. They didn't really care. And the song ended up being really uh, meaningful and the way that she used the lyric was meaningful. It wasn't just a throwaway lyric, like so many of them are, which is why they can record them without the lyric <laughs> there, right? It's That just shows you how little that lyric is really needed. It does nothing to change the song, obviously, if you can play it without it, and nobody except for Maybe some unruly teens miss it. So I'm not a proponent of of that kind of music, and I ask that question because I can imagine it's it can be uh, a bit of a, a a challenge in the bar and bat mitzvah arena for exactly what you just said. Yeah, there there
2: are some songs that are just so filthy that even the clean version you sort of cringe. <laughs> at. Yes. And so, yeah, listen, you know, my, as all of us do, you know, our roles are to essentially give the client what they want and, and, you know, and make sure they're happy, but we also need to, you know, do our jobs, you know, in a, in a way that's not so short-sighted and closed-minded and take that responsibility sometimes and and care in making those decisions and, and, and actually saying and you'd hope people would sort of respect that you actually do have an opinion on it and and not just saying yeah sure okay you know i'll do i'll do whatever you ask me to you know it's like no listen i i know what i do and i know what i do very well so trust me and if i'm telling you that you know the party will be great without it trust me the party will be great without it
1: is that um is is how do I ask you this question? How often do you find yourself in the position of having to talk people out of what, you know, is just a bad idea? Not as much
2: as I used to, you know, I, I guess I think I find more so when I'm sort of going in a lot of the events that I do are because they've seen me at another event or, um, you know, a referral. So I sort of have that, but, but sometimes you just get a call out of the blue and someone speaks with you and says, okay, yeah, let's do it. And so you're already, you're starting sort of at, square one in building that trust and rapport that, you know, comes with them being able to just know you've got it under control and you can, you know, you know, what's best for the party. So I'll say out of, you know, however many events we do during the year, maybe a couple are really like you know, you write an email and you're like, "Oh, please just just say okay." <laughs> you know, please don't argue me on this
0: one. Have you ever had to just end up saying no? I'm sorry, I'm not going to be the choice for you. Then have you ever just had to cut out? Yeah, I have. I have. It,
2: it it was one time, and it's very empowering to do that because as any you know, as any business owner, you're like, "Did I just turn away business? Like, am I crazy that I just told somebody?" Never mind. But sometimes you have to realize that if that's how it starts, it's not necessarily going to get better. In many cases, it's just sort of a downward spiral from there. And to put yourself in that position, would just be you know a, a disservice to yourself and a disservice to them you know sometimes there are just better fits i think and so yeah there was one time where i just said listen you know it was great chatting with you but i think you know i'm i just might not be the right fit and and we moved on and and i hope they had a obviously a great event and on to the next one
0: well like you said it's important to be a people pleaser but you have to do it from a place of core values and if because otherwise nothing feels right.
1: Exactly. And probably won't end well. I mean, mm-hmm. that is really the, the, uh, moral of the story. Whenever you, uh, do something that just doesn't feel right, it very well could just end up not being right. And you end up at being in a lawsuit or some other, you have some other issue. It's better just to be real upfront and say, this doesn't feel right for me and move on. Uh, And, and you, 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 I, I did that once in my career. I remember distinctly this planner who was so difficult. And I remember thinking to myself, I need to let her go. And I didn't, and I ended up not getting paid. It was the one time I I didn't get paid. And I, and I saw, and I, that was it done, right? One time, because you, you realize I saw it coming and I didn't pay attention to myself. So it's, it's a, it's a good thing to pay attention to yourself for sure.
0: But you know what, you learn to do that. And had that not happened, that might not have been an intuition you would have carried forth in the, into the future.
1: Right. Right. So Benjamin, we're done. We're, we're being asked to like wrap up in a very, in a very kind way, I should say, but I do have another question for you. Where are you from? We're not wrapping up. Let's keep this thing going.
2: Uh, so I'm from Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada.
1: I was going to tell you you were from Canada. He
2: was going to tell you,
0: not ask you, tell
2: you. I was right?
1: going to tell you.
2: Just in case I had forgotten. Yes.
1: Yes, because from the minute you started speaking, I could hear that you were from Canada.
2: You know, whenever I whenever I meet with families, there's always the moment in the conversation where their sort of eyebrows just raise a little, and it's when I say, you know, I'm sorry, or or well, I'll send you something tomorrow, and they're, they just kind of get that little perk, and they go, huh? What? Mm-hmm. That was that was a little odd the way you said that. And then I get to talk about my lovely Canadian heritage, and and then we and then we move on because I'm I'm just as regular as you folk,
1: but you are nice. Because Canadians are among the nicest people on this earth, I must say. They are. I I will very
2: biasly agree.
1: Yes. Uh, Thank thank you for joining us. I I know that we've got you on proposals moving forward and we'll be working with you. And uh, it's a pleasure to have an opportunity to speak with you and hear about what you're doing. And uh, don't be a stranger.
2: Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much for having me, really. I do, I do appreciate getting to chat with you guys about uh, all this fun stuff.
1: And, uh, and I understand that you're a father, right? Is this a new thing?
2: Uh, so I've got a four-year-old and a one and a half. So right when things were shutting down, I got to be a stay-at-home dad for a little bit. And it was, uh, it was a great silver lining that will I'm sure we'll get to chat about another day.
1: Yes, we'll look forward to it. Benji uh, Asher everyone. Thank you for joining us.
2: Thank you guys. Thank you, Have Benji.
0: a good one. See you soon.
1: Well, that was fun.
0: That was fun. I just love him. Really do.
1: He's a breath of fresh air having that uh that positive outlook and the flexibility on site and uh just um being the stakeholder that he is when he does events uh, working with other stakeholders it's it's incredible this is what we look for right mm-hmm. this kind of professionalism mm-hmm. oh goodness 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 well what else that's it right we're I done that's,
0: i think that's it. End i think
1: of the line
0: we'll go forth for the rest of the day with a real positive feeling because you cannot be around that kind of positivity unless I don't know. Maybe you can. I can't. I don't think you can be around that kind of positivity without it being infectious and, and, uh, carrying you forth
1: for sure. Yay. Yay. So if you enjoyed listening to us, please tell your friends. If you're listening to us on Apple podcasts, go ahead. Stop, stop, stop hesitating. Give us those five stars. Hang it. And if you'd like to leave a comment or a question, just go to bolada.com. That's B-O-L-L-O-T-T-A dot com. Look for the podcast tab and the little box for you to leave your question or comment. And we'll be sure to share it right here on this podcast. That's it for today. How about we say goodbye? Goodbye. Stay gaugy.